and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Draft Day edition of The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Draft uh, starts in about 55 minutes, but let's... uh, Let's talk to Locke, shall we, David? Let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, his weekly conversation, of course, brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. What's going on, David? It's draft day. It's almost Christmas, but it actually is almost Christmas. That's what's so weird about it. It is weird. And uh, <laughs> I assume you're like me, David, or you you love this stuff. You love the NBA offseason, draft day. I mean, this is one of my, my favorite days of sports radio. So I don't know if you know this, but... I, um, my college roommate and I, uh, he actually turned out to be really successful. Uh, and then there was me, but, um, I don't have an Emmy. He has an Emmy. Um, so he was an NFL draft guru and I was love the NBA. So in college, my senior year in college, I wrote an NBA draft book, advertised it in the sporting news and sold copies and he wrote an NFL draft book under the same name of our supposed company and advertised and sold and sold, sold, sold them. Um, I, I thought it was 92, but it has to be 93 because Sean Bradley was on the cover. Um, and, uh, I wasn't good. I really, really thought Adonis Jordan out of Kansas would be good. He played about 10 games in the NBA. So, um, but that is how my, my first work in sports media and then I would really use it like when I, I drove across country trying to get a job. And so I would come into every office and be like, Oh, here's my, you know, here's my uh, draft book that I write, you know, and do that. So I got some radio appearances. Kind of that was when sports talk radio was starting across the country as a draft guru at 22 years old. I'm not sure I was quite that worthy of guru status, but it was fun. So, David, what do you think of uh, the Jazz's uh, switch from 23 to 27 and 38? So I really want, I was hoping the Jazz could get into the second round in this draft. I had, you know, said that to a few people because I thought that this draft was uh, has a particularly long tail to it. Um, I don't think there's a huge difference between Josh Green and Emmanuel Quickly. And there's probably some, you know, there's a difference, but it doesn't seem to be monumental to me. Um, and so I was really hoping that the Jazz could get into the second round. Um, so to be able to do that, moving back three picks, and I'm uh, going to, you know, they're not, they didn't have their, clearly didn't have their heart set on one player who was going to be, you know, guaranteed to be at 23. I'm assuming if they have their heart set on one player, it's someone they know is going to be at 27 as well. Um, and if they have their, you know, three or four players who they think are equally as, uh, appealing, then that's a really smart trade. There's a financial aspect to it as well um, that is kind of um, interesting. It gives the Jazz just enough room under the luxury tax in case they want to make some other moves, um, depending on what Clarkson costs. There's there's some things the Jazz could do, or if they lose Clarkson, there's some things the Jazz could do. So there's a, there is a money savings to this. 
David, let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that last sentence. There's a money maneuverability to this. I don't think it's a case where they're going to not spend money. I think they'll spend the same money that they would have spent. Um, otherwise, they just are going to be able to use. They have some flexibility now that they didn't have prior. David Locke with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I, I have a theory to throw at you, David, about the overall NBA and what we're going to see tonight. I, I kind of think that we're going to see a lot of moves tonight because this is kind of the only way teams that don't have salary or don't have uh, or are over the salary cap can make themselves better. And there are only four teams that have room under the salary cap, so that's pretty much everybody. So if you're you know, a team looking to take the next step into contention, tonight's really the best opportunity to get better. What do you think? Well, it's well thought out. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So cap space, Atlanta, well, even more than that, the teams that have cap space are New York, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta. Is that right? Yeah, Am I, I missing so. somebody? Uh, well, Miami doesn't want to use it. Um, they might now, but they really originally weren't going to use it because of uh, they were waiting for Giannis. Um, I'm not sure New York is trying to fill it. I think New York actually is trying to build a foundation of a, of a you know, and then strike when they need to. So you really have Charlotte who has it, and they seem to be pretty deep in on the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, and you have Atlanta who's playing along with Danilo Gallinari and Rajon Rondo and maybe Gordon Hayward, depending on what's going on with all that. Um, so there does not seem to be a lot of players um, in in the free agent game, and there aren't a lot of players actually for, either, right? So there aren't a lot of teams that are playing, and there aren't a lot of players. So you're absolutely right, Jake. This is this is the night where you change your roster. So I'm going to ask you the impossible question, which I ask you every week, David, because I think so. Yeah, you have said this to me too many times recently. I, 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 I'm going to begin to I, think you don't like me, like PK. Uh, no, 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 not at all. But let me just say it this way. Oh, so way. you're saying PK does hate me. Oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you boxed me in on that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, what can what can fans expect from the 27 and 38th pick? I mean, the Jazz are in a situation where they need to get better in order to accomplish their goals in the West. It's crowded. What can 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 they expect advancement through this draft, or is this just another hurry up and and be patient situation? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It really depends who you draft. So if you draft Desmond Bain, who's a 22 year old guard out of TCU, like he better come in and play 14, 15 minutes a night because if he doesn't, he's never going to. Like, there's not a developmental curve that's likely for a 22 or 23 year old player. If they don't play, if you draft Josh Green and he's a little slow to pick up the game at 19, that's a little surprising because he's a pretty good athlete. I don't think he'll be at 27. If you draft Jaden McDaniels and he gives you 15 minutes a night, that's actually surprising because he's so young and so raw that I, I don't expect him to contribute. Um, you know, if you draft Cassius Winston, who's a Michigan State point guard who um, did physically test about as badly as anybody ever in the history of the Combine, so I don't know that we would draft him, but he has a lot of other aspects of his game that are fine. Um, but if you draft him, he's a 22-year-old point guard who played four years at Michigan State, he better be ready to go. Like, if he's not ready to go, like, that's a problem. Um, you know, there isn't a huge development on the older players um, you know, I think Mione better, you know, he, he had, now there are some circumstances like the jazz last year drafted these interesting players that had been at kind of mid-level schools. So what was it? Um, Hofstra, Yale college of Charleston were the three draft picks. That's a little different. You're now 
there, there's a big jump in, and you have to maybe adjust your. And they were all the number one options and going to be the number, you know, seven option on the team at best. So they really had an evolution they had to go through to narrow their game from what it was. And so you do need the G League and things. But if you're Cassius Winston and you're you're projected to be a backup point guard, you better be ready to be a backup point guard. Um, so it depends a little bit on who you're drafting and and what. Um, Role like I kind of have attached myself to this kid out of Mississippi State, who just is an unbelievable physical athlete and body, and I just believe in that. Like I just believe this is an athletic game, and you, if when you're athletically inferior, it's really hard. And this kid's athletically superior, but he he's not very good, so he would have to, you know, he'd have to really evolve into a better basketball player than the one I watch. He also might not be very good because he played in a system that was pretty hard for him to do anything. And he he I watched five games now i've never ever seen him get the ball with an advantage unless it was in the open court and he's pretty awesome but he like otherwise he never has the ball with an advantage sam presti and his wizardry uh, wizardry continues on as he uh, traded chris paul obviously and then today we find out that he's going to eat al horford's contract at least for now but uh, so far david and this just blew me away the oklahoma city thunder currently own 20 first round draft picks in the next six hmm. nba drafts what do you think about what he's pulling off it's really interesting, but I also don't know what you do with 21st-round draft picks in the next – I mean, I guess you're going to end up seeing him package multiples together. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see the – you know, the Boston Celtics have, what, three or four, three picks in this first round, and let's see if they're able to move up and get it into one. Like, this is the – they don't want three new players. Um, and, you know, there is a little bit of a problem that if you go draft – 20 players in six years, one, you don't have many roster spots, but two, a lot of them are coming to be paid at the same time. So, you you know, in reality of that, if you're drafting 20 players over six years, you you really are probably looking for two stars and two, two or three or four rotation players, and the rest of them you're not doing anything with. So you're really just adding assets that you're going to trade for the future. David, is there an athlete or a couple of athletes that really intrigue you in this draft? Not for the Jazz, I just mean overall. Um, great question. So this kid, Robert Woodard, is, is to me is an incredible athlete, uh, Mississippi State. Um, the big kid out of Kansas is like seven feet tall with a 41-inch vertical jump. Like, I've never seen anything like it, so that's, like, interesting. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't actually like. I don't know if you need that when you're seven feet tall. It's really kind of crazy. Um, so I don't actually know how it parlays to basketball, but it's interesting. Um, Taylor Bay out of Colorado shattered the vertical jump record um, at the combine. I think he so he's a, a pretty good athlete. Older player as a junior at Colorado this year. Um, you know, it's interesting on the top half of this draft. Denny Avida out of Israel is not a very good athlete Tyrese Halliburton's not an elite athlete at Iowa State uh oh my gosh uh Isaac uh Okoro is is uh like ridiculous athlete like ri- ridiculous but like so is Michael Kidd Gilchrist um I think he's better than that um but there is parts of his game that concern me that he's Michael Kidd Gilchrist um which didn't work out so well um that's probably it um, trying to think of uh, the kid Isaiah Stewart out of Washington. I don't know if he's an elite athlete, but he probably plays harder than anybody I watched in the draft. David, uh, not sure uh, you know how many people inside the organization you've been talking to. I imagine a few. How is this process? Uh, we're, we're closer to zero than a few. <laughs> really? I was going <laughs> to yeah. ask you how how you thought this process was going was going without Walt Perrin. I mean, it's the first draft he will not be involved in for the Jazz you in know, how long? 
so Walt's incredible. Um, and he's really, really talented. And, you know, anytime you lose talent on any level, it's hard, right? I mean, that's a, but Dennis Lindsay's built a collective body in that building that has, you know, David Morway's got 20 plus years of NBA experience. Um, Justin Zanuck is, you know, got multiple years of experience, both as an agent in the front office. Um, He's got a young – Dave Fredman's been around forever, does a lot of pro scouting, but probably picked up – you know, they've had enough time. Everybody's done college. Uh, Richard Smith is their international scout, been with the organization forever. Um, So there's – there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in that building that certainly losing Walt is a is a important one in his relationship with agents and probably his back ability on background and some things like that where you know just being in a league that long's elite um, and he's you know they're probably missing Walt more just because of the person of who he is and how awesome he is to be around um, but you know there's a bunch of kids from Bart Taylor who is the um, he's not a kid but Bart Taylor who's the general manager of the Stars and was the general manager of the year. Um, is pretty talented, up and coming uh, front office person. So th- there's there's a lot of talent in that room. There, you know, I, I don't worry. You know, th- this is one where I'd say like, if the Jazz threw a curveball tonight, I just would say okay. Like, you know, th- I think there's enough background that of understanding of how you're evaluating talent and what you're doing um, in this front office that I, I have a lot of faith. Whatever shows up tonight, whether it's whether it's what was expected or what was different um, is going to be something that was well-researched and is probably a pretty good move. David, back in the day, uh, there were strong personalities in the Jazz, but they did things, it seemed, by committee. Does this group work that same way, or does Dennis Lindsay sit back and say, okay, give me your feedback and I'll make the decision? So, uh, you know, everything I've heard about Dennis is that he's very, very much so a collective um, set of personality, you know, of, of voices in a room and, and building that together, um, that, you know, that's him. And, the, you know, he's known for, you know, the guy in the back of the room who you might not expect. And he suddenly says, you know, hey, Andrew, what's your take on this? And, you know, Andrew's sitting back there not really expecting that he would be the one called on at that moment and letting him have his voice in the room. Um, so, you know, he's really, Dennis is known for that collective decision-making group uh, moments. And I mean, in theory, uh, Dennis or Justin, whomever's running the show at some point has to be the one that, you know, puts down and makes the move. Um, So there's got to be some level of that. But from all my understandings, it's a very, very uh, joint collective, you know, wisdom of crowds approach. All right, David, a little game here. I want to throw some names of players at you, and you just tell me what team they're going to be playing for next year, all right? Oh, geez, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. All right. Uh, Gordon okay. Hayward. Um, Indiana. For Miles Turner, but they got to move Victor Oladipo first. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, Victor Oladipo. Hmm. How many years does he have left on his deal? Just one? Uh, Hang on. Maybe Miami. Ooh, that would be an interesting fit. All right, James Harden. Philadelphia. Not Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay. Tim, you got one? Tim, uh, 
Oh, Oladipo only has one year left. By the way, Tim Lacombe going to join us coming up in the. He's going to help. Very me. good. He's going to uh, help me anchor our draft coverage today. I got one for you, David Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Does he go tonight? I think he does. In fact, let me ask you about that. What are the odds? Well, that the Clay Thompson, the Clay Thompson story is crazy. Yes. Do you it see is. this? Yeah, it's yeah. it's not. Clay Thompson got hurt, so yeah. like, do they suddenly draft Anthony Edwards because they might need him? Mm. That's a great question. Wow. You know, or Andrew Wiggins. The other question I would have on Andrew Wiggins is: Everyone in the league has always wondered whether Andrew Wiggins would ever put it together. Is there any reason why the Warriors think that he will put it together with them? Um, there's a player in this draft that reminds me of Andrew Wiggins. Oh, it's probably Anthony Edwards. Um, <laughs> um, you know, just you wonder on that. Um, I, I don't know, honestly. So, max contract, it's got to move. Warriors would want some. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on, An- on Andrew Wiggins. David, I asked you earlier about the uh, athleticism in the draft. If I were to ask you who will end up being the best player in this draft, say, two, three years from now, who would you guess? You know, so I really – that's a great question because, um, you know, there every draft analysis you've read – and I honestly haven't watched the top ten guys a great deal, but, you know, listening to podcasts, our Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd did just an incredible job, and then Chad Ford, big board's been terrific. Um, you know, everyone's take is that there's no Tier A and there's no Tier B player, really. So if that's true, that there's no Tier A and there's no Tier – then then – uh, the best players might be a Tyrese Halliburton or a Devin Vassell, or I think that's how you pronounce it, out of Florida State because, like, he's long and he's a good shooter, and, like, he's going to be a 3-and-D, really solid 3-and-D guy, might be a little better than Mikel Bridges, but in that kind of ilk of things, um, I think that Tyrese uh, Halliburton is going to be, depending on where he goes, is going to be pretty good, um, you know, on either side of um, – either the point guard or the shooting guard. So I think he, I think he'll be probably pretty good. And I actually think you might know that they're going to be solid. Like if I had to make a bet, right. So I'm putting money down on like, who's got the biggest win share at the end of their career. Like I'm not so sure, certain on ball Wiseman or Edwards at all. Like they have the biggest upside, but like if I had, I'm more the type who's going to make the bet, like that tells me like, okay, I know he's going to be here. And I think the chances that Halliburton or, or Vassell, or I'm trying to think of who else. I'm mixing some other player in that group are going to be, you know, B plus. And I think there's a chance that all three of those other guys might not be B plus. Now there's also, those are the guys that could be A's and these other guys could never be better than a B plus. The one name I'm going to throw out there on this, that um, I actually have only watched a little and everybody who has watched him a lot loves him is Michigan State's big man, Xavier Tillman um, is, one who, talking to some people in the NBA, they all liked him and thought he'd have a really solid NBA career. And then all of our draft guys on the Locked On Podcast Network um, felt the same way. I actually asked in our mock draft, I asked our three experts we had to give me a player who they thought would not ever be an all-star but spend 10 years in the career. I call it the Nick Collison, Luke Rittenauer draft because that's what the, the Sonics got both of them one year. And that was their answer was Xavier Tillman. Um, a Kongu out of USC might be my other one 
Gordon, uh, I, that I would probably mention. He just plays with a zest and a bounce, and he seems to match where the league is today. Um, and I think has a little bit more skill. Um, so I, I might put a congo of like the top picks, and then I would probably maybe go Halliburton. Uh, and I, I apologize, Devin, I think I'm getting confused. It's either Vassal or Vassell. I'm not sure which. Um, out of Florida State would be the three kind of top 10, 15 play, players that I think I'm pretty comfortable are going to be B players, and I just don't know who else is going to be a B player. I think there's a chance that Okoro doesn't pan out. I think there's a chance Sadiq Bay looks very mundane when he gets into the league. I think there's a chance that Wiseman just doesn't have it, that Edwards doesn't feel it, that, you know, Paul's probably – going to be fine um, but maybe you know he can't shoot like he shot like 24 percent in australia last year that's pretty concerning to me in a shooter's league so um i'm trying to think i don't know enough about killian hayes to be honest with you the kid out of france um though i'm nervous he has no right hand from everything i've heard and um sounds a lot like emmanuel moutier but people say he's different um so and uh Oh, 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 sorry. I'm just sorry. I'm totally rambling. It wasn't right for I like Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. I know exactly who he's going to be. He's going to be a six three point guard who comes downhill on the pick and roll, and that's what this league does. He'll be good. Uh, by the way, quick breaking news, and, we, and we've got to go, David, but um, uh, Sacramento Kings forward, according to Woj, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich plans to enter restricted free agency on Friday. Oh, so, my god! So much for that trade. I guess you should probably ask the player before doing I mean, this trade. is a colossal. Wow. This is the Brooks Brooks. Like, I was, like, joking on Twitter. Like, did they think they had traded for Boyan and they had the years left on his contract? Like, <laughs> well, it could, uh, it, like you know what? It could only the, happen to the You know the, the story about, like, the Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Mark, yes. With Memphis. Right? Like, yeah. it's kind yeah. of like, I mean, that is colossally bad. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Yep. Same like, old Miami's games. not, I'll tell you what, after that one, Miami's not spending money in free agency. I'll tell you that. Hmm. David, thank you very much as always. Enjoy the draft tonight. See ya. See you, buddy. That's our friend David Locke, uh, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Tim Lacombe is going to jump on the show next as we kind of ease our way towards the draft. We'll also mix in a, a sound, uh, sound of the drop of the day, also known as sounds of various clips. All right, out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. What's up, Andrew? Uh, continue, please, helping our listeners. Yes, uh, we've helped a lot of guys out there, and you've probably – hurt us. Uh, if you've struggled with erectile dysfunction now or in the past, or you're noticing it's kind of creeping up on you, this is so common. Wasatch Medical uses the most advanced form of something called acoustic wave therapy, uh, originally used in the 1950s to break up kidney stones, believe it or not. Um, it opens up and regrows blood vessels. What part of the body needs more blood flow than this part of the body? We can now effectively reverse erectile dysfunction. We do it by treating those damaged blood vessels. And, of course, no pills, no injections, no surgery means no more of those nasty side effects. We're getting guys and couples back to that normal function in the bedroom like it was in their younger years. And there's a lot of great science out there backing this thing up, Andrew. I know you get the question a lot, does this actually work? Well, yeah, and a lot of smart people think so. Absolutely. The science page at WasatchMedicalClinic.com is a great place for somebody that's really interested in the data. Cambridge uh, released a study on this, for example, in, in 2017. The American Urological Association, Men's Health Magazine, did an article on it. They sent one of their writers in. Uh, the science is sound. They all conclude the same thing. We can regrow blood vessels, similar to 
We can break down a muscle in the gym. We can build it up stronger. That's what we're doing. And more blood flow, that means no more erectile dysfunction and no more pills. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule. 801-901-8000. You'll meet with the doctor, but a lot of other good stuff as well, right? Yes. We want to have you screened by a medical doctor to make sure you're a good candidate. Call us now. We'll do that screening for free. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound for free. We'll throw in a little special gift that uh, guys generally really love. It produces instant results in the bedroom. And we'll also do free testosterone to new patients. So there's a huge amount of value. Call us now. It's all free. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I want more for BYU than North Alabama and two bye weeks that follow it. I want more for BYU than to drop down the rankings to probably 11th or 12th by the time they get back on the field against San Diego State. Yes, I'm happy with what they've been able to do. I just want more. I want to know who this team is, and I don't want a garbage game that I have to sit there on a Saturday and do an hour pre and post for against North Alabama. I can't bring myself to watch game film of an 0-3 FCS team. I can't. They're 142nd in FCS football in passing the ball. I'm trying to figure out how I transition. Joining hands on the uh, pre- and post-game show on Saturday, Will Snowden. I will. Jeez. I don't even know what to say. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Nah, 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 come on. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you to join us Friday on a football Friday from the warehouse. Two to six, the Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and joining us now in studio, of course, longtime BYU assistant coach, uh, my co-host uh, during the jazz season on pre-half and post as well, our friend Tim Lacombe. Tim, what is happening? What's going on, man? This is like deja vu. Yeah, it is. It's like nice. March happened, and then I haven't seen anybody really for a few months here. A so few. it's yeah. good to see y'all. You look good. You have more more facial hair and longer <laughs> hair than the last time I saw you. Yes, you've gone that route. You heard the song the Stones sang "Under My Thumb," uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. That was the story of my life. I'm no longer under <laughs> anyone's thumb, so it's kind of nice. Have you noticed that, Gordon, that, that any time you know, a coach or even a player, for that matter, it seems like as soon as they leave uh, BYU, all of a sudden it's it's beards and long hair? Yeah, I was just wondering if, uh, if uh, we need more elaboration on that. I don't, I don't know how deep we want to uh, dig on that one. Tim, uh, you know, have you, have you, are you, are you a hippie? I'm, I'm headed that way, Gordo. I am headed that way. <laughs> in that direction. But I'm kind of excited about it. It's right now I'm kind of a little shaggy Gordon Gecko. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's, that's about I right. I slick it back and yeah. It's looking good. But, it's but the, back, were, but the back's were, getting so long, I don't know where to put it. 
I, need, I almost need to like. You're going to be a ponytail guy before we know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you're a rocker. You know, it works. That's, that's who you are. You know, it's part of, it's always been there. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to follow your lead, Mr. Rockstar. Well, we were supposed to see the Party Hounds earlier this year at a, yeah, at a birthday that celebration. What, That's still going to happen if we're all What a great disappointment that was. Man, come on. Well, I was so looking forward to that. Gordon, listen, you wouldn't have been here, bro. You wouldn't have showed up. I know you would have big time no, the whole I thing. I would have been there Austin, for sure. Austin, you've been there. Jake, been there. <laughs> Lloyd, Gordon, aren't you? I've got to. <laughs> well, I'm busy. Wait, i got to think about what you'd ride. have to do. You have to go to Mexico, Hawaii. <laughs> you got to drive my sweet car or something like that. Uh, Lisa has us going to Hawaii. I don't want to go. But... <laughs> then to Mexico. Kind of poly. <laughs> <laughs> Much rather be at your, your birthday bash. Okay, well, we're going to do it. it will, it's just going to be severely delayed, but we're going to do it. We better. Okay. Uh, excited to have you along uh, tonight, though, Tim. It, it's perfect. You've, um, uh, you, you know, you've uh, been scouting a lot of these guys through your coaching career. You're very familiar with players uh, coming out in the draft, and going to be the perfect voice to have on the on the show tonight. No, so I'm excited, excited to be here. It's been fun to to actually. I've not, you know, confession. I watch a lot of basketball, but I don't watch a lot of film. So it's been kind of fun to get back in front of the computer and watch some film and kind of dig into a bunch of different people. It's it's an interesting draft. I'll say that. I think the the top part of it, um, you know, is not as elite as normal. But, you know, that that middle part to mid-second round, I mean, there's some intriguing prospects out there. So we'll talk a lot about it, but we thought we'd welcome you, uh, welcome you to the show tonight with, uh, with a little fun, a little something we like to call Drop of the Day, which Gordon forgot that that was the name of the segment once and called it Sounds of Various Clips. I mean, if you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you will know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? I still don't know how you got there, Gordon. These are the sounds of various clips. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, this is from the Hanson Scotty Show, and I guess they had a bit of a panic moment when they were uh, they were on remote. Was this today? Okay, here you go. It was weird because the zone van was driving, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Sean's here. Who's driving our van? <laughs> and then I realized it's a second van came in here. Johnny must be needing something. But I was all popping up. I'm like, Smithers, somebody's still in our van. <laughs> <laughs> Let him have it. We had that strange run on vans. One guy hit a deer. One guy left it on the street and got it towed. Like, we had a weird uh, – wasn't there another breakdown, a flat tire yeah. or, or ran out of gas or something? That one guy might have got towed twice. Has it it's been towed twice? Uh, that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, they're, they're leaving out the best one, the absolute <laughs> best one, where our uh, Mark, who was doing our engineering at the time, uh, Tim, was driving in the old zone van, driving right down the freeway, and had a Tommy Boy moment where the hood just flew up, <laughs> flew up in front of the windshield, and somehow we managed to get the van over to the side of the freeway without, you know, killing somebody, but... Oh, that is awesome. I, I actually drove a delivery van as a kid. Did you? For Mr. Mac, of all people. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, we had some, you know, I, I hit a wall and got pulled over doing about 97 and a 55, I think, at the time. So, yeah, vans, vans can be troublesome at times. There, there was the tech that broke the key off in the door. In the door. Oh, of the that's, van. That's right. Same tech also backed into a pole. 
couple days later. And it's the same tech that didn't uh, didn't he need uh, the yellow pages just to drive it? To, 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 <laughs> I'm going to guess the tech's gone. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh, he still, he, he's very into situational punting, yeah, this he's technician. Yeah, still text for Scotty's Utah State broadcast. <laughs> but yeah, backed into a poll. There was uh, there was like a hit and run with our van, too, at a car dealership where the guy they had to make the guy come back. A hit and run? Well, the guy was trying to leave. And then like they he had hit to, our van? Uh-huh, in the parking lot, and uh. then was trying to trying to leave. But the Tommy Boy one is the funniest <laughs> one. Ridiculous. And I remember I got the phone call when Mark hit the deer with the van a short time later that just uh, absolutely obliterated a deer. <laughs> Poor Mark is like, what are we going to do? It was like, well, I, I guess the show's canceled there. We'll, we'll send him in studio. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boo, Gordon, boo. I'm feeling for the animal. You're, you're, I mean, was the deer killed? Oh, yeah. Like, like honestly... Like in like the in a zillion, you said obliterated like a zillion parts on the side of the road. Oh, not good. Yeah. And by the way, do you think that thought when you're biting into your uh, 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 filet mignon every night at dinner? I just feel for this cow. It's so delicious, so delicious and so That's good. That's the great poop <laughs> But the but the poor cow. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Oh, man. No? Is that not how it goes? No, not really. I try not to think that way. (laughs) I mean, who on our staff would be most likely to scoop the deer up and take him home and put him in the refrigerator and slice him up later? DJ. (laughs) No, he'd take him home and nurse him back to health. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm going with Hans. Yeah, not I'd only is he kind of that, that farmy type of guy, and not only does he have the powerful appetite, but he's also maybe the cheapest man I've ever met. Well, Hans would take a picture with it too, for sure. Yeah, he'd Hans throw it over Facebook his shoulders. Marketplace it to get a profit. <laughs> yeah, fresh deer meat. Who wants some? Mmm, good eating. We got uh, happened so upon true. some venison today. Let's <laughs> happened upon. It's got uh, a little. It's got Goodyear tire marks all over it, but you know. But yeah, Hans is definitely the answer there. All right, we'll have more with uh, with Tim Lacombe coming up right around the corner. Uh, draft coverage, I think, officially begins at six o'clock, and uh, it's all hands on deck. We'll be checking out with or checking in with the whole staff. It's going to be a big night here on the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the Zone. And Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone Draft Day Edition. Tim Lacombe along for the ride with us. And, uh, you know, on draft night, Tim, we, uh, I'd love to tell you how long this is going to go, but uh, we don't know. Well, I'm, I'm just excited to be out of the house. Yeah. With you. <laughs> do some. Do a little basketball. This feels my, normal. My car to you. still drove all the way up here. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, seriously, I've been stuck down there. I, you know, I haven't gone anywhere. I don't think anybody has. I, I mean, I, I consider uh, being able to come in for the show every day just a blessing because yeah. my poor wife is at home working from home you know, all day, every day. 
Tim, I got to ask you, you said something in the last segment that uh, is fascinating to me. You called the draft intriguing, especially sort of that middle tier part of it. What do you mean by uh, by that? What, what What is it that you're looking at? Because you've studied a lot of film. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, typically you've get you've got your your really high level guys and then everything else is. Uh, you know, you can find some diamonds in the rough, but I feel like this draft almost has morphed. You know, the whole idea of positionless basketball is starting to kind of take on league-wide. And so what you're seeing across the draft is, uh, and I went in and watched, I wanted to watch every guy that I, you know, I wanted to just have a feel and watch five, ten minutes of film on all these guys. And um, and so it was, a, it was an interesting study because, you know, you look at it through the mind of your organization and, uh, where in the past maybe it was kind of slotted out and dictated, this is probably the pecking order, this is the way it should go. I think there's a lot of different ways teams can go. Um, and I think that, you know, with the way that the workouts have been, you know, more a little more secret and, and all that stuff, I just think it's interesting because there are, in my mind, I think there's a handful of really good players going to be taken um, even, you know, late, even late into the second round. I mean, I think there are guys that are going to be that we'll talk about, you know, for years to come. So I just think that that part of it's what's intriguing to me. Is that why you think the Jazz moved back when that move with the Knicks is they, they and added a second round pick? We just talked to David about this. Is in that range they probably like a couple of guys that they can get. I think partly maybe that, or even um, they vetted and they have their eye on a guy, um, and they vetted the league and they feel like they are safe. You know, moving back, um, acquiring another pick, I think is awesome. And a second round, so it's not guaranteed, and, and it's somebody you can work with roster-wise. Uh, but, yeah, I think they, they have their mind on – in my mind, it's, it's a sign they kind of have their mind on somebody, and they feel like they're going to be there, and, and it's worth the risk to, to do it. Do you, right. think it's, do you think it centers on that 27, or do they, does it also encompass 38? Um. I think it probably has to center around 27 because you know, they've got to feel comfortable that they can get them there, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any insight, but that's just kind of what my gut says. Really quick, because we'll get involved uh, you know, as the draft gets started and, and uh, 6 o'clock rolls around, we'll kind of get uh, in the pick-by-pick. Pick. But just to bring this up, do you think uh, we see any local guys go tonight? Sam Merrill, Yoli Childs, uh, any thoughts on those two? Yeah, I, I've actually got a pretty good feeling that we may see both go tonight. Oh, man, I hope so. That would be great. Um, I, I've heard really, really good things, and not just the media stuff and stuff that's published, but actual you know people um, with organizations or connected organizations. And I think that both guys went through this process and really knocked it out of the park. Um, I think they're guys that organizations see can really play, but they're also guys who organizations see will be great pieces to – a team and can do a lot of different things to help them win. So I, I've got skin in this game. I, I recruited Sam like crazy uh, to try to get him to come to BYU. I love that kid. I actually text he and Yoli today. And then Yoli's like, you know, um, he's like one of my own. So it's going to be kind of neat to, to see. But I think I'm feeling comfortable that uh, that both guys have made enough of an impact that we're going to see him. Now, I'm, I'm certainly no general manager, but when it comes to Yoli, the fact that he has gotten so much better at his, his time at BYU and really evolved his game, that would say a lot to me, that a player is willing to put in the work to, you know, to make himself better and, and to do those hard things. Yeah, you can see 
um, that that comparison. I remember as a young kid how impressed I was watching Carl Malone develop different things year in and year out, and just never rested. You know, he got bigger, he got stronger, he got faster. Um, he worked on his free throws. Um, you know, became a better passer. I, I just think that that's that's one of the things you look at in the draft and you're comparing guy to guy. And I think that's one thing that's somewhat comparable is how how really have they improved their game and is there kind of uh, evidence of that. And I've been on the other side of phone calls when GMs – or excuse me, when organizations and, and their people call college coaches and they, they vet pretty pretty amazingly. Um, this this year, I got a call from a NBA team about Yoli, and I'm not even his coach mm-hmm. anymore. So they somehow found out I was influential, you know, knew the kid well, and they wanted to have a conversation. So it, it, it is a big night for these kids. It's a big night and big investment for these organizations. And, um, you know, the truth of the matter is you're, you're probably wrong more than you're right, uh, but it's exciting to try to find – that diamond, you know, the one that can really help your organization. And then Gordon, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Speaking of Yoli, uh, and speaking, you mentioned also the importance of shooting in the league these days. That's what he's been working on, right? I mean, uh, because what is he, just a coach over 6'6", so he's got to be able to hit some outside shots, and yeah. I know he's worked on that. Yeah, for sure. When I recruit, when we recruited him at BYU, um, one of the things we talked about was trying to develop a game similar to a dream on green, you know. Uh, so I don't know if you, you go back and watch it, but Yoli from year one uh, was more of a screener roller, um, you know, maybe would pop occasionally, um, always been able to drive it, has great touch. But that outside shot and his ability actually kind of rip and run off the rebound, like you saw some of those things. And, and I think that, Draymond Green's kind of an interesting comp there. I think Draymond probably has proven to have, you know, over his college years, a better defensive presence and motor and maybe lateral quickness. But Yoli, um, in my mind, offensively, you know, it's it's just the other way around. So uh, pretty interesting um, to watch that. But I think that's an astute point, Gordon. And I think through the draft, that's got to be something they look at. Those you look at measurables, uh, you look at, you know, their their track record, and then you look at, hey, have they gotten better? And something that I think would be important is that they made their team better. Uh, we'll talk about that tonight. But there's a lot of these guys that are in this draft, and they were on horrible teams last year. And that's hard for my mind to compute sometimes. All right, uh, coming up next, we will officially start our dra- NBA draft show right around the corner. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, Tim Lacombe, Coach Chiesa is going to jump on with us. Uh, but really, uh, everybody's coming on tonight. Bowler's going to be on, DJ, PK, Hans, Scotty. Uh, we're going to make it happen. It's going to be a big night. NBA draft is here, but let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And out there helping a lot of our listeners on this draft night, Andrew. Yes, we are. If there's anybody out there uh, struggling in the bedroom, frustrated, experiencing some erectile dysfunction, I know this is kind of a taboo subject and can be sensitive, but the reality is it's a significant problem for men and for couples. Wasatch Medical Clinic has been treating guys for many years now, not just in Utah, but all over the country with acoustic wave technology clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels, uh, you'll be amazed. When you get 40 or 50% more blood flow in the bedroom, uh, it's incredible what can happen. We can now reverse erectile dysfunction. 
no pills, no injections, no surgery. It's a breath of fresh air for guys. And they come to me and say, I am so glad I don't have to take that darn pill anymore. Uh, natural function, spontaneity, those are the words we hear every day in the clinic. Yeah, that spontaneity has got to be a big deal for guys, I'm guessing. It is uh, because you lose um, you lose the on-demand as you age, and you're trying to pre-plan with the pill. You're trying to take more of it. You're skipping a meal so it works better. You're dealing with the side effects and the headaches and the stuff he knows. The next day, um, as far as I know, our technology is the only thing that treats the root cause problem of ED. And I've seen x-rays before and after, damaged blood vessels before and repaired blood vessels after. That is what erectile dysfunction is, a blood flow issue. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Call, get on that schedule because uh, you're taking all the risk out of this for the listeners and then some. We are. Last spot of the night, guys. Call us now, Wasatch Medical. We'll do the initial assessment, the exam. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound even. This will be with our medical doctor. Uh, we'll do it free. Um, we'll throw in a little special gift tonight that produces instant results in the bedroom. I've never seen that fail. And new patients now even get free testosterone. That helps with a little ambition in the bedroom, I like to call it. So let's get uh, things back on track. Give us a call now. It's all free. 801-901-8000. That's the number. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks as always, Andrew. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Coming up next, we kick off the draft show right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.